kind of funny how the Lord works. The things I'm talking about today are right there with what Sandy's singing about this morning. We're called to remember where we were, and we were all in a bad place at some time or another. We didn't have anything that we could turn to. Nobody could fix it, and God did, and God has saved us. I want you to turn into Deuteronomy chapter 24 this morning. Oh, let's all stand in honor of God's Word. I've been seeking for the Lord to lead over this week, and I have to preach a a sermon to the church, and then I preach to people that may not always hear God's Word, and I was trying to think about what I needed to preach about this week, and the Lord has, has helped me in that. And this scripture this morning is talking about remembering and uh, we've been talking a lot about remember and all throughout scripture God says remember remember because he, apparently he thinks we forget and so uh, he talks about this and and I, and I I think I know why I need to remember but then sometimes the word just says no that's not why you need to remember this is why this is why we do things this is why you act this way this is why we this is why we do the turkey giveaway this is why we do this and that and sometimes God's reason is different than what we think it is and so this morning I just want to share what God's showing me in his word and I and I pray that it will help you out as well let's read this before we read the scripture let's read it out loud together I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your degrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your degrees. I will not neglect your word. We're going to begin with the 17th verse. And it's talking about how do we treat people around us? How do we treat those that we don't know? How do we treat those that uh, uh, aren't normally around us? How do we treat the poor? Uh, how do we treat new people? And uh, this is what the word is to God's people. And it's not just on Thanksgiving that we do this. He was saying this is how our lifestyle should be. And I think sometimes we think, oh, Thanksgiving, I'm going to go help somebody. Oh, it's Christmas, I'm going to help somebody. And then I won't have to help them till next November. Well, God says this is, this is your lifestyle. And we do some things at different times in the year, but we try to do some things throughout the year, and it's to remind us of something. And I want you to, in your mind as we're reading this, look for the things that God says to remind you of. Do not deprive the alien or the fatherless of justice, or take the cloak of the widow as a pledge. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. That is why I command you to do this. When you are harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheaf, do not go back to get it. Leave it for the alien, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you beat the olives from the trees, do not go over the branches a second time. Leave what remains for the alien, the fatherless, and the widow. When you harvest the grapes in your vineyard, do not go over the vines again. Leave what remains for the alien, the fatherless, and the widow. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. That is why I command you to do this. He repeats himself twice. He says this same thing twice. Three times he says, remember the alien, the widow, the fatherless. 
Three times he says that. Twice he says to remember you're a slave. Three times he says, remember the alien, the widow, the fatherless. Who's the alien? There will be people here today that have no idea who Christ is. They've never probably even maybe heard of him. They're outside. There will be widows here today. There will be fatherless people here today. And Jesus says, God says, three times. It must be important. You ever tell your kids something three or four times and they still don't remember? That's why. We don't remember. And God says three times, remember the alien, the fatherless, and the widow. Let's pray. Father, we ask today that you would help us to remember the alien, the widow, and the fatherless today. Help us not to just remember it today and then forget. But I pray that you would help us to look and be about the things that you're interested in. And you're interested in the alien, the widow, and the fatherless. And Father, I pray that we would remember who we are, where we came from, and that we're nothing without you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Several years ago, the government set aside a Thursday in November to be a day to be thankful. A day to stop and to remember and to slow down and remember. Uh, at some time or another, someone came up with Valentine's Day and they set it aside as a day that you're supposed to tell your wife that you love them. I have myself boycotted that day. I will not be told when to love my wife because I think I'm supposed to do it all the time. So I've told my wife several years ago, I said, I'm not going to do anything for you on Valentine's Day because I'll not be told when I'm supposed to tell you I love you. I'll do something nice for you some other time, just out of surprise, but I will not be told. But I think it's all right to every now and then be told and maybe I'll Maybe I might soften up a little bit on that. But uh, on Thanksgiving, it's a day when we all as a country, literally as a country, we come together and we ask and say what we're thankful for. We set aside a day of, of just a specific day to remember this. But God says, don't just remember on one day out of the year. God says, this needs to be your lifestyle. I need to so be in you and so be working in you that this becomes the way you live every day. That you live thankful, that you live uh, graciously to others. And so if you ask people uh, during this time of the year uh, what they're thankful for, people will have all kinds of different answers. Uh, I started reading on the internet and they had all these different answers that little kids gave for uh, being thankful. And it wouldn't be any of the things that you would think that it should be. If you ask your kids on Thursday, what are some of the things you're thankful for? In your mind and in your heart, you want them to say, oh, I'm thankful for mommy and daddy and the food we eat and the bed we have and the roof over our head. And you want them to say that and everybody would go, oh, little Johnny, you're so good. But they're going to say something stupid. I'm just telling you. So if you don't want them to, if you don't want to have your heart broke, don't ask little Johnny what he's thankful for because it's going to be something dumb. You know, because I've read the answers and they're dumb. And so, but I think sometimes we give answers that God is not all that, that he thinks is all the things that are important anyway. And if you ask a grown up, uh, Thanksgiving, they'll say the same thing every year. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for material blessings. I'm thankful for my health. And all those are good things. And we equate health and material blessings and family with blessings from God. But the truth is, sometimes those aren't the blessings that he wants to give us. 
And in here, he doesn't say anything really about those things. He says, the reason I want you to do this is because I want you to remember you were slaves. I don't want you to do these things so you remember how thankful you are for your family, for how thankful you are for your health. Are those things we're supposed to be thankful for? Absolutely. But God says, there's something I want to happen in your life. I need you to remember when you were a slave. Because when we go back and remember where we came from and we remember our emptiness is when we begin to be what God would have us to be. And so during this time that we are in, in this, in this holiday season, uh, there's lots of people going to be thankful for things. And, and people, it's kind of this time of year, we get to think and we go right from Thanksgiving straight into Christmas. And it's just that kind of the time of the year when people are like, you know, maybe I ought to live a little bit grateful. Maybe I should uh, be a little more thankful. Maybe I should be a little more giving. We've got a we've got a things uh, sign up sheet out there uh, for for you to sign up to ring the bell at, at the Walmart. If you've never done that, I would encourage you to do that. It is uh, it is kind of neat, and some people uh, like Ken. He kind of goes all out. I mean, he's got music playing and a light show and things like that. And it's pretty interesting. And uh, then there's others that it's more kind of mellow and things like that. I, I went last year and was told by Nancy's grandson that I did not ring the bell enough. I kind of just tinkle, 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 you know, like that. And he told Nancy, he goes, Pastor Brian just does not ring that bell. You know, I didn't know there was a quota of rings that you had to have in there. And so anyway, I would encourage you. It is a great time to just be out there and you get to see people and you get to see people from every level of life. And sometimes you get to talk to them and it's kind of neat. And so I would encourage you to do that. Uh, I'm trying to talk, talk Cindy. She has this bell that's about this big and it's got a handle on it. The super cool bell. When she bought it, this tag on it said super cool antique bell. And it's like ding, dong, ding. And I want her to, I mean, people would be going like this. I haven't talked her into it yet. But we, But during this time of the year... We are kind of thinking, I need to remember and be thankful. And twice in here, God says to remember. And anything he says to remember, we need to do. And he says in here twice. And in the word, anytime that something is repeated, it's, it's, it's like got exclamation points. It may not have an exclamation point there, but it's saying you need to remember this. And three times he talks about the fatherless, the widows, and the aliens. And so that's something that he would be, like if you was in the old country, it'd be like, hear ye, hear ye. You need to remember this. And so these are things that he's saying, listen up, remember this. Not how great your life is, but remember you are a slave, that you were a slave. And lots of times when we say we, Thanksgiving, we try to remember all those things that I talked about. We remember our family, we have a home, we have health and things like that. But that is not what God says to remember. God says, remember that there was a time when you had nothing, when you were helpless. Remember that you were a slave. He's saying, this is what I'm trying to get you to remember. And the Israelites knew what it was to be a slave. And I want you to think about it this morning. If you were a slave, you have no rights. You have no voice. 
You have no justice. You have no power. You are helpless. You are relying on somebody else for everything. Most everybody here is not in that position. Most everybody here, if you want to say something, you can stand up. You can stand up in the middle of church this morning and say whatever you wanted to. Probably wouldn't want to do that for very much, but we could, we could do that. Or you can go on at your house and get on the Facebook or the Snap Twitter or whatever that stuff is. You can say whatever you want to say. And you've got all, you got all that stuff that you can, and everybody just loves to give their opinion. All right. You have a voice, probably more voice than you ever had in your whole life. A slave doesn't have any voice. A slave has nothing. If you, if you don't get justice in your life, you can stand up and ask, I need justice. I can go to the courthouse or I can try to, if you're a slave, you will not have justice. There is no justice. And God is saying to his people, he doesn't say, remember how great things are right now. He says, remember that. Go back and remember when you had nothing. And why does he ask that for? Why does he ask that? Why does it? I mean, when we try to remember stuff this time of the year, we're like, oh, what are all the things I'm thankful for? Let's make a list of all the things I'm thankful for. And God doesn't say make a list of all the things. He says, remember when you had nothing. That's what I want you to remember is when you had nothing. Why does he want us to remember when we had nothing? I want you to go back, if you go back to Genesis and look at Adam and Eve, we see the way that it was supposed to be. And Adam and Eve were living in this place where they were completely reliant upon God. Now I want you to know, I am stealing some of this. No, it's not really stealing because that would be wrong. I am using some stuff that I heard last week. I heard one of the best sermons I ever heard. And I am not, and you can ask when Cindy gets done, when we get done, you can ask Cindy. And I'm not preaching this same sermon at all. But I'm using some of this stuff that that guy reminded me of. Adam and Eve lived in helplessness. They were completely relying upon God. They were completely relying on God. God said, I'll give you food. And they said, great. You know what? Everything they had, if you read the word, God, everything they had, they could eat. Can you imagine that? You just wake up and go, ah, I'm going to go out to the buffet outside the house. I eat grass, I can eat sticks, I can eat the trees. I mean, whatever it is, it is a buffet outside. I mean, I would weigh, it would be my 600-pound life. I mean, if everything I could have was eat, that's where I would be. And they were completely relying on God. And as long as they were in that place where they said, God, I, I bring nothing I have nothing. I have nothing to offer. We're just gonna we're just gonna rely on you. Man, they had everything. Do you understand that? But as soon as Adam and Eve got to a place and they said, hmm, I think maybe I could do it a little better. I think maybe it would be great if if I was in charge. And you know what, God? I'm gonna be in charge of one thing. And I'm just gonna eat the one thing that you told me not to. I, I'm gonna make my own decision here. I'm not going to rely on you. I'm going to, I'm going to bring what I can bring to the table. And I think I need to eat that. And as soon as they did, everything fell apart. No more. All you can eat buffet everywhere. Now you have got to go earn it. You've got to go work it. You've got to go do it. It's no longer you relying on God's power to do everything. You're relying on your power and everything fell apart. 
And God says that I want my people to be in this place where you are totally empty and totally relying on me like you were when you were a slave. He says, remember that. Now, what, why would they want to remember that? They were in a slavery and, and uh, they, they were there. And, and he said, when you were a slave, you didn't have anything. And yet, when you realized that and came to me, I came and helped you. And it was your nothingness plus God. And they absolutely plundered Egypt. Do you understand that? They have no guns. They have no swords. They've got no army. They've got no training. They've had 400 years of slavery. And he said, go to your neighbor and say, hey, I'd like to have a bunch of loot. And they go, oh, fine, good, take it. My nothingness plus God. And they looted the place. Okay? He said, also remember, remember when you were up against the Red Sea? Remember that time? Remember that time when your nothingness and me came and showed up and you, without a sword, without an army, without anything, completely decimated the Egyptian army? Remember that? Remember when you were nothing and I came and joined you? See, God is saying there is an equation here. And I'm sorry, all you kids, you, got, you ever learn any equations? I know that Avery has learned some. She tries to tell me equations, and of course, I'm smarter than her, so I always know what they mean. But anyway, God says, here's an equation. Your nothingness plus God equals God stuff. Now, there's lots of equations, and I looked some of them up. How many of you know what this equation is? A2 plus B2. No, A squared. A2. A squared. I'm an idiot. Okay. I was going to try to be smart here. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. What is that? That is the Pythagorean theorem, all right? And I tried to, tried to get Avery to believe that I knew what the Pythagorean theorem was, but she didn't believe me. What is E equals MC squared? The theory of relativity, okay? What is length times width? What? Area, right, all right. Length times width times height, what's that? Volume, all right? Those are really neat equations. And some of those, I can really understand. The Pythagorean theorem, I can't even read it right, so I don't understand it, all right? Length times width times height, I can figure out. Length times width, area, I got that one figured out. Those are really good equations, all right? I'm gonna give you a really good equation, and you need to remember this, because this is what God is trying to say. God is trying to say, remember, I mean, if you go through school, your teachers say, remember this, remember this, memorize this, this will be on a test later in the week, you know? Get this theory. I mean, like, it's like your times tables, all right? When we were teaching the loop, and we homeschooled our kids till they were I don't know. I don't know how they were. But anyway, Luke was learning these times tables. And one day he came in, and I don't know how old he was, 14 or 15. No, he was, he was a little kid. And he was stuck in his sevens. I can't get my sevens. And we worked with him and worked with him. And he just comes into the room bawling, and he goes, I can't learn my sevens. I'll never get your sevens. And I said, well, you're going to be living with your mom and dad the rest of your life then. I said, because if you can't learn your times tables, you will not make it through school. And I said, Luke, every little third, fourth, second, whatever grader 
has learned this and there's lots of kids that are not as smart as you and they learn this and you can figure this out. You've got to remember and learn your times tables. And God is saying to his people, here is an equation that you need to remember. There will be a test on it later. You need to remember this. And this is the equation. You have nothing. And that's what he says. Remember when you had nothing and I came. Nothing, your nothing plus God equals God stuff. But we think I have something to offer. Okay, and we want to change the equation and we say, I've got lots to offer. So I will give my whatever it is I have. And I want to tell you, when you come with that attitude, God does not show up. All you end up is with what you can come up with and concoct yourself. And I want to tell you, I'm not really interested in what I can concoct and come up with because I'm not that very... What are you laughing at? What did I say? What did I say? I should just quit. I cannot say the Pythagorean theorem. I've said something stupid. Concoct. What did I say? What's the difference? I don't now, now, I can't hear the difference. I don't care what I can come up with, okay? And nobody here does either. What? Think about it. What? Nobody cares what you can come up with. Because what you can come up with, anybody else can come up with. The Israelites could not get themselves out. They'd been trying to, surely to goodness, for 400 years at some time or another, somebody had tried, hey, let's get together. Let's get a band together. Let's try to get out of this place. You know that in 400 years, somebody had said, let's try to do this. Let's all get together. We'll all meet after brick making and we'll do this. And for 400 years, they had not been able to do anything. But when they came to the place that they cried out and said, God, we cannot do this. We have nothing God came in and they broke out. And not only did they break out, you know, if you were going to sneak out, you would sneak out and nobody would know. And you'd hope they'd just wake up the next morning and go, where'd all the slaves go? They didn't sneak out. They walked out in the broad daylight and looted everybody on the way out. On the way out, people was like, take my stuff. Just get out. We are sick of you. They're nothing plus God equals God's stuff. That's a good equation. You need to remember that. Okay, if you don't remember anything about this sermon, and I'm kind of hoping you don't, don't remember anything, but remember that. Because that's what God's saying to do. He said, you need to get to place, remember when you were a slave, because when you were a slave, you had nothing. Remember that, because when you get there, then I can come in, and boy, you can have some God stuff then. And so he says these things, and he gets you to this place, because then we have God plus our nothing, then we have Wow. God plus nothing equals God's stuff. And he says, your helplessness and me equals wonderful things. God wants to do wonderful things like that. And, he's, and we, we need to live in this place where we are relying on him and not on anything else. We need to live in this. He says, remember, remember to stay there. Remember when you were there and remember to stay there. But we get to relying on stuff and we rely on, on the stock market and we rely on uh, government and we, begin, and we start to rely on our job. And, and that's not the way things God wants us. God wants us just 
I just got nothing. And it's hard to stay in there because we want to be in control. But God says, just just remember when you had nothing. Remember when you had nothing? Remember what I did? Remember when you had nothing? Remember what I, how I stepped in? Remember when you got to that place where you could not do one thing with your child and you said, God, I cannot do one thing. And remember when God stepped in? Remember you were at the place in your marriage and you were just like, what do I do here? How do I do this? God, I can't. God, I just give up. I got nothing. Remember when you were at that place and God stepped in? Remember when you were at the end of your rope and you had lost your job and you had no place to go and you had no prospects? You had nothing? Remember when you got there? I remember that place. I remember that place in my own life. I remember going home and knowing that the last time I was ever going to draw a check from Mid-Am was that night. And I went home that night and I had nothing And I remember crying out to God and I was hoping it would be like a really, and he, what he gave me was enough. Sometimes he gives you a lot and then sometimes he gives you enough, but it was in those times of enough where we were just barely getting by. And I was just like, God, when the middle of that hard time in our life, God called me to preach He got me to where I could hear what he was having to say. And he called me into ministry. And God changed my life. But I had to come to him and say, you know, I really don't have anything. I really don't have anything. And he said, I know. But I do. I got everything. So my nothing plus his everything. What do you... But we want what we want. We want to go, oh God, I have so much to offer you. And we, and, we, and we try to live that way. But we have to live in this place where we have, we remember we have nothing. So we can get to the place where we have God's stuff. And he tells his people not to just do that on Thanksgiving and not to just do that on Christmas. But he says, do this all the time in your daily walk. Remember that and live like that. And he's saying when you're harvesting, when you're harvesting and you're about to pull the combine and everything out of the field and you look back and there's a pile of, of grain there that you forgot, he said, you know what? Just drive on to the house. Just drive on because there's going to be a widow or an alien or somebody that's fatherless and they're going to need that. And he said, don't you, don't you even think another thing about that. Just drive on. And he said, when you're picking your grapes... He said, it'd be really, it'd be really easy if you decided when you got done, he said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go back over one more time. And he said, just leave them, just leave them to where in, in your life, to where you just, you live generously. And you say, you know what? I can live without those few grapes. Somebody else needs them more than I do. I'll just, I'll just live without them. And you know what? I'm going to be okay because I don't have anything anyway. And I'm just going to let God take care of it. He said, when you're shaking your olive trees like we've all done, (laughs) it's like, what's an olive tree? Nobody's got an olive tree. But these guys all knew exactly what he was talking about. They all had an olive tree somewhere or another, you know. I'm going to tell you what. If it come to giving away olives, I'd give all mine away because I'm not going to eat an olive. But anyway, when you shake your olive tree, he goes, don't shake it twice. Leave them on there. Let the aliens and the fatherless and the widows and he said and don't eat and don't think about it but we always what are we always thinking about how can i how can i get just a little bit more 
How can I get just a little bit more for myself? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write my chai check for 10% and not a penny more. And I'm going to give to this, but I'm not going to give so much that it might, I, don't, I wouldn't want it to take away from me. And, I, and I'm just preaching here this morning. But he's saying, get to where you live like that. Get to where you live generous, to where you're not thinking about, oh, I've got to skimp here and I've got to save there. And he said, get to where if somebody, I wouldn't let anybody beat me. Nobody's ever going to beat me out of anything. He said, just, just let them. Just, just let it go. Be generous. And why does he say to do that? See, we think in our minds, we're going to be generous today. We're going to try to be generous and we're going to give away turkeys and people are going to get turkeys and that'll be great. And won't we be, won't we be nice? Won't that be good for them? Do you know he does not mention anything? He says, give it to them, but he doesn't say, so it will be a blessing to them. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, give, uh, leave some olives on your tree so that he says, give it to them. But he doesn't say, so I can bless them. He does not say that. Is it going to be a blessing to him? Yes. But he doesn't say, that's why you do it. He says, so I can bless you. He said, if you do this, he says, so I can bless you. Meaning that if you're not living like this, I can't bless you. I can't bless you. I want to bless you, but you're so greedy and you're so, uh, you keep it all to yourself. I want to bless you, but I can't. And he said, if you leave some behind, I could bless you. You know what God blesses? What we leave behind. God blesses what we trust him with. You know what, God? I'm going to leave that pile of wheat there and I'm going to trust you with it. And you know what? God says, oh boy. Now, not only can I bless the widow and the fatherless and, and, and the alien, but now I can bless you. You know that God can only bless what we give him? And if you hold on to everything, he's got nothing to bless with. He's got nothing to... Some of you have held on to stuff so long that God's got... God's got I'd love to bless you, but I got nothing to work with here. And he says, leave a few olives on the tree so I got something to work with. If you do that, he says, then I can bless you. If you leave some grapes on the vine, then I can bless you. He doesn't say anything. And we think today is about everybody else. And I'm going to tell you, it is a little bit. But God says, when you do that stuff, I want, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. And he says, now I want you to remember not the material things of the world. But I want you to remember and stay in this place. And this is what this guy said last week. And I'm telling you, if you start looking at it, it's all through scripture. He says, you stay in this place of you're just helpless. God, I got nothing. My nothing plus God's everything equals everything. And he says, stay that way. Folks, days like today are to help us to remember we don't have anything to offer we got nothing. But God wants to take our nothing plus his everything and make, wow. God wants to do that today. Do we want to be a blessing to other people? Absolutely. Yes. Yes, we're praying for that. Absolutely. But God says, I want you to remember. He goes, I want you to do these things. I want you to live generously so that you will remember when you had nothing. Sometimes God blesses us so much and life is so good that it's hard to remember that we have nothing. 
God starts blessing us and we start thinking, I must be pretty neat. I must be pretty awesome because God's blessing me so much. If you ask people what, uh, heard a guy the other day and he said he went into this house and this guy, he said the guy literally had 15 bathrooms in his house. He said the house was so big it had 15 bathrooms. The guy said, this is quite a place. And the guy said, well, you know, God's blessing me. And he goes, you know, I really don't read that in the word where it says, if you, if you do what I want you to do, I'll give you 15 bathrooms. He said, I couldn't find it anywhere. Sometimes when God blesses you, if you listen to what them little kids said this morning, most of the time it's not. Blessed are you when you're persecuted. Not when you got 15 bathrooms. Blessed are you when you're down and you're getting persecuted because you're standing up for me. Blessed are you when you realize I got nothing to offer and I just need God all the time, all the time, all the time. That's when you're blessed. And that's what God has for us. And today... We're going to get to help the alien, the fatherless, and the widow. And we want to do that. But today when you're doing that, I want you to open up your heart and say, God, will you, your word says that when I do this, it helps me to remember. God, will you help me to remember today? Will you help me to remember that I have nothing to offer and that all that I am is just in you? And I pray that God will do that in our hearts today. I want you to stand. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that the Lord would help you to live more generously. Not not so you'll give stuff to the church. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about live generous with your kids. Let your kids see you live generously. Let them see you help people along the way. Let them see you remember that you have nothing and everything you have comes from God. If we remember, if everything comes from God, how generous are you going to be? You just figure, oh, well, if I, get, if I give that, God will give me something else. If I give that away, God will give me something else. Because he does. That's how he works. I don't know how that works, but that's how he works. Your kids need to see you that way. Always live generously and remember that I was a slave, that you were a slave. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for our church. God, we have felt you just so strong today come in upon us. And Father, I pray today that as we're doing a few things today that you've asked us to do, your word says when we live like that, that it helps us to remember. And so, Father, help us to remember that our nothingness plus your everything equals awesome. And help us to live like that. And help us not to just live like that this week during Thanksgiving and during Christmas. But Father, I pray we would live that way every day. Help us to remember every day and remember and remember. And Father, we love you. And we ask that you would have your way in our service this afternoon. I ask that you would speak in a powerful way in the singing and in the time of receiving and the, and the time of the sharing just a little bit of the word, Father, I pray that you would just have your way and that you would speak. Father, I pray that two years down the road that there would be somebody here and worshiping with us because of what we do this afternoon. And we just love you, Father, and help us to remember that we have nothing. We have nothing to offer, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read together the prayer of Jabez, and then you can be dismissed.